0: Hi everyone, I am Heijin from Leiden University College, the host of podcast Leiden. Today, we will immerse ourselves in Black Lives Matter movement in the Netherlands and how Leiden University College is responding to this movement. There have been multiple BLM protests in major cities in the Netherlands, including The Hague, Rotterdam, and Amsterdam. Here is an audio clip of BLM protests in The Hague.
1: Dit doen we in era van de vele trans
2: mensen die gedood zijn door institutioneel racisme.
1: Tony McDayt. Nina Pop Lexi. meer
0: This episode has two parts. In the first half, I will share the conversation that I had with Leila, a third year student um, at LUC. For the second part. Rumbizo, a second-year student from Zimbabwe, will share her views on current situations. For now, we have Leila here. First of all, I understand that this topic can be heavy for many of us. Thanks, Leila, for coming here. Um, Should we start with who you are?
1: Hello, my name is Leila. I'm a third-year student at Ladi University College. Uh, I'm graduating in a month. Um, yeah, I'm, um, I'm a Black student, I'm originally Somali, uh, I was born in the Netherlands uh, and grew up in England, so I'm essentially part of the diaspora, but I would identify as Somali.
0: So the word is boiling as the BLM movement rises more than ever. I know that so many people were preparing for this moment, it seems like it is finally happening. Because different countries or continents have different history, regulations, culture, uh, etc., I thought that we might be able to have more nuanced understanding of BLM if we can, if you can tell us more about the movement in the Netherlands.
1: Yeah. Okay. So uh, BLM stands for Black Lives Matter, and it's essentially a U.S.-based organization that um, tackles uh, police brutality against um, African Americans or Black Americans in the U.S. Um, so it's an American organisation, but we do have similar Dutch organisations. So uh, it's never easy to copy or paste a strategy that's used in a different context and apply it here. So we have our own organisations in the Netherlands. So one of them being Kick Out Zwarte Piet. And Zwarte Piet is like a tradition in the Netherlands that comes around every year where it's a children's uh, festivity. But the problem with this is that um, they paint themselves as blackface and put afros and... Um, put lipstick on, but um, it is based on that. However, it does tackle a lot of different things as well. For example, kick out what to feed, organize all the protests in the Netherlands um, in this current Black Lives Matter movement that's going on right now. Uh, there was one big one in Amsterdam recently, and there was a big one um, in the Hague and Rotterdam and a few other cities as well, I believe. But um, so what does that mean for me? Um, as someone who is black and as someone who has, um, family in the U.S. and you know this also happens in England, happens in the Netherlands. It's very close to home but, um, and it's very painful and um, the movements are so big and it can, it can get to a point where it's like super super overwhelming and you just want to like tap out for a bit. But you can't tap out because if you tap out you know, you're missing an opportunity to, to educate, you're missing opportunity to talk to people and um like because if you're not black you're not gonna understand so what you can do is just talk and explain and educate right so that also you're emotionally overwhelmed at the same time um so yeah it is it's a it's a nice and a good movement for me um because i think this time around it was it's been a very very big uh it's been a very very big movement and a lot of people are talking about it. A lot of people have changed their opinions about it. Um, a lot of people understand what Black Lives Matter mean means. It doesn't mean that like no. white lives don't don't matter. It it, it means that you know right now we're focusing on. No. Oh my god! Can you hear that? <laughs> okay, I think you this will <laughs> <is being> record <laughs> wait should i just stop the facebook
2: uh, <laughs> hey. yeah i think so um uh, and then let's continue um like
1: <laughs> oh my god i'm sorry
2: okay you're so popular Lala. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i can hear all of your things <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm gonna quit my internet so it doesn't do that anymore i hope it stops quit So, um, what's important is that when we say Black Lives Matter, we're not saying that white lives don't matter, we're not saying that all lives don't matter. It just means that we're focusing on the Black ones right now because, um, systematically, Black people have been oppressed for centuries um, through slavery and in the prison system. So, yeah, and a lot of people are seeing that side of the coin right now. I've seen people who have changed their minds, especially on my Facebook feed. And a important thing to, um, to also realise is that Even though I think I might be seeing change, I don't know um, if that change is actually happening because our social media and our news outlets are so uh, catered for us and we choose them because we like them. So, you know, I'm not going to go to a news a news outlet that basically doesn't believe in Black Lives Matter, I won't, I, won't, I won't see that side of the internet, you know. So it's like, okay, I might see change, but is change actually happening. So it's always this constant battle of, um, what do I know? What do I see? Uh, is it true? Uh, is my news reliable? Is it not? But yeah, all in all, um, it's a tiring time, but also uh, something that's very much needed in our society.
0: I am Asian, and I think there are many non-Black allies in this movement. For those who want to participate and learn more about this movement, what's your view on the role of other races in, in this movement?
1: Um, so, um, in terms of um, Black Lives Matter, um, other races, other other races just um, act as almost. Um, allies i would say in, in black lives matter yes but of course it doesn't discredit the fact that um you know asians have their own struggles and own impressions and are also discriminated against in uh, certain circumstances like recently with covid you know it doesn't just dis- it doesn't eradicate ev- everything that's happened um but it just like in terms of black lives matter it's talking about the systematic oppression of black people um like in the US right so like most people die incarcerated are a minority and that's African Americans but um it doesn't discredit that we are we are all struggling and also it's also sometimes important to note that um um different um different ethnicities also discriminate um against black people within their own communities right so um yes (laughs) so it's a a, a hard question right because of course we know we're all minorities we're all struggling but then we um also tend to discriminate against each other sometimes um in our communities and it's present um but in terms of black lives matter it it, i think the role that different in ethnicity would play is um just support um, help us educate become an ally you know that kind of stuff
0: talking about the allies i see that we can read books watch movies listen to podcasts read articles etc is there anything that you want to tell the allies regarding what we should do or should not do to educate ourselves
1: how do you educate yourself uh regarding black lives matter so um first and foremost um don't bother your black friends right so importantly what a lot of people have been doing is they've been asking their black friends oh i see there's a movement going on can you explain it to me oh i see that you're struggling in life like uh, help me understand you know and that's fundamentally not the right way to do it like i've gotten those messages and i didn't like it because it's like i'm going through something really um very close to home you know race plays a big role in my life in my everyday life i can't take my skin color off so it's like it just it's it's who i am and I feel it really intensely especially right now and by you asking me to help you learn you um, are taking someone who's in a very vulnerable state and like exhausting them emotional uh, capabilities and um, you know they're tired we're tired you know so I would definitely not suggest that to do that Um, I would suggest uh, there are so many resources there are so many Uh, a good book is called why I'm no longer talking to white people about race um i think it, 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 every time like black lives matter or like a, a social movement regarding race happens the book becomes a new york times bestseller so it's doing very well right now <laughs> but it's a very very good book and explains a lot about um the systematic oppre- oppression and the structures um in our societies so i would recommend that book also just google like if you just google um black lives matter just look at the Wikipedia links and um so many people are sharing so many resources right now on instagram i think for about like since since George Floyd uh, died, um, Instagram was just like a, a resource media about like uh, Black Lives Matter. Everyone was sharing everything, every single uh, word you need to know, every single acronym you need to know. Um, so it's so easy to educate yourself. Um, in this time, because so, like in the internet is what all we have, especially it's, it's COVID-19 times. So we're always on the internet and everything is there. So if you if some, if someone put the effort into actually educating themselves, I guarantee you they know everything. But it's about how much, do you, how much do you actually want to educate yourself, you know? Is it because you just see it's everywhere but you don't really care, then you're not going to do it. But if you actually fundamentally want to learn more, I reckon you, you can do it so easily. And then, so yeah, just Google, man. Like,
2: just Google it. For all the audience who's um, listening to this podcast right now, so I have attached a link to the resources that Leila has mentioned. So check it out.
0: Um... So LEC is not free from the core issues that we are raising through this movement. What are the issues in our university? Also, What are we doing to promote the racial equality and diversity?
1: Um, So I'll start with the town hall meetings and what that is. Um, So the town hall meetings um, came uh, from, so Lai University posted, so, okay, from the beginning. So the town hall meetings came because initially Laya University posted a black square for hashtag Blackout Tuesday on their Instagram page, in which they received over 300 comments um, calling like calling Light University out of a performative allyship um because the students didn't see what um the, the student didn't students didn't see the the um they, they saw it as performative because they couldn't see the same things within the institution the, uh, people of color in our university and black people in our, in our university have uh, felt like they've been failed so they were like okay don't post a black square and then not do anything within the institution right so then they were like okay this is a problem so they created a town hall meeting in which professors are welcome alumni are welcome students are welcome and let's um talk about this and let's figure out an action plan uh, about how we can further discuss race and make this uh, university actually inclusive and actually actually diverse right so um that's um that's doing quite well. The dean is very responsive and has um um, been very engaging in this and very, a lot of professors are involved and sharing their opinions and students are vulnerable and also sharing their traumas and their harsh experiences they've had within the university. And um, yeah, so that's what the town hall meetings are. Um, and the next question you were saying was... You were saying, um, so I feel like you have
2: talked about our issues, right? Like what our issues are in this institution and we have talked
1: about what yeah.
2: Um, can you share more about like some of the concrete measures that LUC is taking, if there is any?
1: Yeah, so um, one of the concrete measures that LUC has taken and is actually being finalised for the new first year uh, students in September is a mandatory first year course that tackles um, topics like race, gender, sexuality, um, so that there's a baseline for students, right? So students come to the university then with uh some kind of knowledge within their first year of like what all of these different things mean uh if the if the students didn't know before you'll be you'll be guaranteed that they'll know about these issues um after their first year mandatory program so that's very very good that's already i think being finalized right now But then obviously that's not enough because some of the problems are also at the staff level right it's not only the students that don't know a lot of things sometimes staff don't know everything you can't know everything so staff also um need to be held accountable so I think that's where the action plan is going to be heading towards if a, if a staff member for example uses a racial slurring curse um what is how far will you take them what is uh, how far will you take their accountability you know will they receive a, uh, a strike will they receive a punishment will they be fired like what is your stance on these issues um what is your stance and basically let us know, be transparent about how you're going to deal with these issues, we're not going to allow things to be hidden under a carpet anymore, we want to know, um, we want to know what the consequences are, um, what kind of apologies is needed, who decides whether the apology is valid, um, is it the Dean or is it the student who, was, who felt like they were being oppressed in class? So I think that's what we're heading towards right now. And so far the conversation has been quite engaging. Sometimes it hasn't been, you know, you take a few steps forward, you take a few steps back. I think it's quite important to realize that um, these kinds of discussions, you know, they're not like, they're not very easy. It won't be very linear. You might go forward and then you go back and then you go forward, like, so um, yeah, right now, Currently speaking, I feel like we've been going back a little bit, but I have faith that um, at some point we'll have an actual plan that the majority of people will be happy with. And um, yeah, and then the school will become inclusive and uh, more diverse and actually put in the effort to do so. So, yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. As far as I know, the faculty and the student body are taking minutes of the meeting. So, if you'd like to know more about, what we discuss in the town hall meetings, please send an email to Leiden University College or I have posted a link to LUC Race and Ethnicity Group below. So check it out.
1: Add for your podcast is that they, which I forgot to mention, it's also something that the university is doing, is they are currently working on decolonizing the curriculum. So um, right now the curriculum is not decolonized and uh, I'm... One of the classes I know, for example, they're talking about like slaves, but they're talking about it from a white perspective. So like the slave owner's perspective, and that's a colonized curriculum, right? So they want to decolonize that right now in each major. There's at least one or two professors who are currently working on going through all of the uh, syllabi, and um adding you know a different variety of authors uh, rather than just white authors so that's something that's quite important and that's something that the university is currently working on It is a process that takes a lot of time because you have to make sure that the goal of the course is met and um a variety of authors are utilized and um that the objectives of the class are still um so it's like they have to make sure they read all the sources and you know figure out if it matches the, put it in weekly themes and stuff like that so it takes a lot of time but it is kind of comforting to know that they are doing so right now and um, yeah so I just wanted to mention that.
0: The student body is playing a relatively active role in this institutional movement at LEC. Do you want to tell us more about what you are what we are doing as a student body?
1: Okay so student... So when we look at our student committees under Fortuna, we have race and ethnicity. And I think that's also the university's first point of contact when it comes to race, especially in the Tamil meetings. Um, we have two lovely girls who are chairs of um, this, committee and they have been very like willing to support the faculty members in this process uh, to show student perspectives and they are they are very closely in touch with the bio POC community um, in the university to make sure that their concerns and voices are heard and being passed on uh, at a staff level to the staff level um so yeah what do we want i mean Like I said earlier, what we want is uh, transparency. What we want is accountability. What we want is actual diversity. What we want is actual inclusivity. We want honest marketing. We don't want to come to university um, that we expected was going to be actually diverse. And then when we come, we don't find the same diversity. We don't want to become your token black person or token Asian person for your uh, posters. We want uh, the truth um, to be, even if every university does it. that's not a valid excuse, we want honest marketing. We, will, we don't want to be misled when some people travel a globe to get to university and then they don't see what they actually um, applied for, right? They applied for a diverse community and they didn't get it. So I think that's very important to have, to be um, truthful, um, to be transparent, to be actually inclusive. To provide more scholarships so that like social economic ex- inclusivity as well, we want provide provide more scholarships. Uh, be more transparent about how much funding you get for these scholarships, and uh, how much you can actually give out, and how many like how much how many applicants you get, how many do you reject, uh, on what basis do you select who gets a scholarship, who doesn't. Um, so yeah, I mean, we kind of know how the scholarship thing kind of works because we know you have to have a 3.0 average at least. But I mean, initially when you come to university before you even have a GPA, how, how are you selected? And what do we do if you travel the globe and you um, gain a scholarship, but you drop your 3.0 average by a little bit, Is your scholarship then taken away. It has the student wasted money because they can't stay at this university anymore and they have to go back home so that's that's happened at each university for example and these are the things that we have to figure out in order to create an actual inclusive devi- um, environment in terms of economically uh, socially you know
0: so for those who would like to know more about financial aid system in LUC, please check out the first episode of this podcast as you can see these issues are very intricately related you just mentioned that diversity marketing is an issue how diverse is our college
1: right I'm sure there are like a few um black people on the poster and it's only like a few so you think you know that's probably representative and I come to the university and in my year group there's maybe five black students or I think just maybe even less and there's just no one and um (laughs) And I like to, you know, um, I I, I'd like to I stick to them as well because it's like, you know, if I go through something, it's like, oh well, they'll understand and be easy, and I don't have to explain myself, but. And it's a nice community for for me to be in a black community, and I didn't receive that when I thought that I would be there, and I was very very surprised by seeing how white the university was, and also um, socioeconomically how privileged the university was as well. Um, so these are like I just didn't expect all these things, but I think that honest marketing would um, if if they had portrayed themselves to not be so diverse, and I got there, I would have known, right? But I didn't know, so I came to university, and I was like, whoa, there's only like. there's there's like five of us in here and that's not nice um so yeah I just yeah I mean I think they might be doing something regarding the marketing I think the dean has mentioned something like that before um I think a lot of people a lot of people voice their concerns regarding um how kind of unethical it is right so um I think they're gonna change it but I also don't know how they would um do it then how, to, how how could, how would they create um, an honest like poster for the university um i think that's something that needs to be also discussed with the students in order to come to an agreement about how we think that the portrayal will be truthful and also honest did you think there were going to be um more asians uh but then you arrived and were surprised or did you expect it like this
0: I knew that it will be predominantly white and that we don't have many Koreans or Asians in general in our college. We have only one Korean, aka me, in our class. But now I think the student body is becoming more diverse as I see more Koreans and not only Koreans, but also other Asian students in general. But to be fair, it was hard to find my footage in this community. But I'm not sure whether that is because of the fact that there are not many Asians. I generally struggle with the concept or the, um, like, idea of belonging, um, partially because of my multicultural background.
2: Mm, yeah, yeah, I agree. Don't you feel like if we can have, like, a page in our admission page, that if we have, like, statistical analysis of student body, it will help? As in, like, how many people are from this part of region, how many people identify themselves as this, this, this. Do you think that will yeah. help?
1: Yeah, I think especially the identifying aspect, right? It's very important because for example, if I came up if I came up on statistics, I would be Dutch. And then they might think, oh well, she's probably white. No, I'm not. <laughs> but um so yeah, the identifying yourself as is a good um is a good it's a good factor to have. I think.
2: I think we should bring this up in the town hall meeting. All right. Um, check for next uh,
0: meeting. Do you think this is a safe environment for international students? Um, tell us your personal view.
1: Initially, I would have said, no, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a safe environment um, for me to be in. It's not a safe environment for me to learn in. I was in a class where the N-word had been used. Um, and um, my like I complained, but it wasn't dealt with accordingly. I think. So I would have said no. The community is not safe. Um, some people in this community don't make people feel safe either. So um, yeah. So there's definitely a clashing of different groups right now. Um, and I think last week, if you had asked me how I felt, I would have said we are heading towards we are heading towards a like a better uh, community um this week i don't feel that as much you know it's a bit less sadly but um yeah i mean i think at the staff level we have a lot of support um so that's also very comforting to know and i think it's also really good it's also really really important to realize that our voices are being heard right now and that the power relation between staff and students of like students being too scared to speak up is kind of diminishing that we are now being vocal about these are the issues uh, this is what's wrong this is the change we want what do you think you know everyone is speaking up right now which is very vital and um so that that kind of uh hierarchy level is um not um terrifying anymore so people are now um more vocal so i think with that in mind with the staff support in mind it is quite feasible to um think that the university is heading to into a better direction um, in terms of in, um, race issues, diversity, inclusivity, and um, yeah, taking a lot of factors into account right now. So.
0: As an Asian woman, I experience catcalling and harassment often when I go out. As far as I know, there are some initiatives to combat this anti-Asian culture. There are some organizations that we can contact when we experience these types of discriminations. Um, Do you have one for the Black community? By the way, um, for our audience, our next topic to discuss uh, will be on the Asian community in the Netherlands. So stay tuned.
1: I haven't heard of anything like that before in my life. So I don't know if you have that actually, it's probably worth looking up. I'm not going to say yes or no, because I really don't know. But um, yeah, it's worth looking up. I mean, I'll send it to you. And if um, it exists, you can add it into like a resource link for this podcast.
2: Yeah. All right, people, Um, I'm gonna also put that link if that exists. If it doesn't, you can start one. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you, Leila, for (laughs) talking. um, Yeah, talking with me, talking to me. Um, It was a really nice talk I think Um, I'm gonna stop stop recording right now
0: as far as I have looked upon so far I didn't find any um if any of you know something about this please let me know and I will post the link below All right, guys, this is the end of our first part. Stay tuned for the second part of this topic. Thanks, Ella, and to everyone who's listening to this podcast. If you have comments, feel free to leave voice messages via Anchor, and I'll discuss it in part two. If possible, send me, your, uh, send me voice messages because I don't want to get your tone wrong while I read your messages. Also, I would like to thank Anselfin Fineshoff, who came up with the name of the podcast, Stay strong, everyone, and for now, I will peace out.